Listener Production. You are listening to episode 185 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring Australian fast bowler Scott Boland. Proceed. So we progress, Scotty. You're killing it in Shield Cricket, Sheffield Shield Player of the Year. He's out! Victoria's got three wickets and Scott Boland straight into the action. Oh, that's another one. It's a fourth to Boland and Valenti has to go without scoring. And Scott Boland is bringing Victoria back into this game in a hurry. Scott Boland has five wickets again at the MCG. Start the final session. Boland again. Oh, this is a vicious delivery and it's another wicket. Well caught by Hanscom at slip. But Scott Boland is flying. Boland is getting a seventh. He's unstoppable. This is extraordinary bowling. 18, 19, 48 wickets at under 20. You win the Sheffield Shield. Full toss in the air. Will it be taken? It certainly will be. There is the title for Victoria. Their fourth in five years. Their 32nd title. Then at age 32, we get to the Ashes of 2021, how do you find out you're involved at this point? It's a phone call. If I remember correctly, I mean, during that winter, George Bailey just come on as chairman of selectors yeah. and he gave me a call, So out of, I thought it was out of the blue, saying, um, like, you're going really well, keep taking wickets and you might find yourself sort of in the mix. And I was like, oh, okay. And then spoke to him again a few weeks later and he's like, there's a test against, this is during COVID as well, so there's a test against Afghanistan in Hobart. The World Cup squad, the T20 World Cup squad will come back and they won't make it out of quarantine in time. So oh. you might be a chance to play this game. And I was like, righto. So it gave me a bit more motivation for the back end of our pre-season. And then we went into a COVID bubble. Yep. Um, and then that series against Af- oh, the test against Afghanistan got called off so I thought no that flatten you when you read done. when you read the news yeah I was like oh I probably won't get a chance now so you think that's it your, your fleeting chance is gone yeah <laughs> um, and then we I think we played two or three sh- two or three shield games did pretty well in them and then the Australian team's getting back they got to do a quarantine in the Gold Coast um, craziness when you think back to it, what was going on at those yeah. times so I re- I'd done one the year before in Adelaide. Um, two weeks? Two weeks. How'd yep. you go? Uh, we were allowed out for the first week and then we got locked down for the second week. So the second week was pretty tough. Like we were allowed out to train in small groups of you know, cohorts of four. Yep. Uh, and then the last eight days we got locked down. So, yeah. And then uh, I got a call saying, um, come into the quarantine, come and do 14 days. We can't guarantee that you're going to play, or but there'll be a chance for you to play in a um, Australia A game against England Lions. So, yeah, went up there, did that, played that game, didn't do overly well. Like, I think the game was steady, might have caught a couple of wickets, but I was in the I was in the bubble and I knew if anything happened, like if I was out if I didn't go into that quarantine and they needed to call me up, I couldn't have come in. Got yeah. So I was sort of happy to do that fourteen days um in there. We'll allowed out to Metricon to train and and we were staying at a resort, so it wasn't an overly tough quarantine at all. And then I reckon I went back to play Big Bash for Hobart, played one or two games, and then two, went for a wee at 2 o'clock in the morning, 
had a missed call on my phone from George Bailey at two o'clock. <laughs> I was like, right. He, he rang you at two, or that's when you saw the missed call? I saw it about two, and I had a missed call like late at night. Right. So I was like, oh, I need to get back to this. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do, Scotty. Yeah. So I reckon I'd text him at that stage saying, everything all good. And he's like, something's happened in Adelaide, but we kind of need you to come. So I had no idea. He's like, I'll speak to you in the morning. It's like, yep, fine. So I, I woke up at six, up early, wanted to get this phone call out of the way. And I was like, Lion, Stark, Cummins being caught up in COVID drama at, 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 at a restaurant. At a restaurant and someone had tested positive. Yeah. The craziness of the world we were living in. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, you're going to have to get on a plane to come to Adelaide. And even before, just before I board, he's like, we're still not sure on the ruling, so you might be playing. So I'm like... Before you're getting on the plane. Yes, yeah, so this is like 10 minutes before I get on the plane. So I'm sitting on the plane, day of the game. Day off? So it's day-night game. So I'm flying oh, in the course, morning of the game. day-nighter. Yeah. And George Ring said you might be in when you get off the plane. Yeah. But we don't know. But we don't know yet. So I'm sitting <laughs> on the plane, like, so nervous. I I sweated the whole way there, thinking, geez, God, could we debut in here? <laughs> That's a long flight. Yeah. An hour and a half felt like it went forever. Um, but then, yeah, landed and then got the message saying, not required. Stark and Line are all good. So how do you feel when you get the message? Relieved. Relieved. Yeah. So it's not shattered, it's relieved. No, I was like, oh, like my, I think my prep, obviously my preparation was zero. Yeah. But yeah, I was sort of relieved that, or even looking back now, I yeah, couldn't picture my debut any other way. So then the next test match we get to Melbourne. Yeah. What happens in Melbourne? Uh, or even so, in at the end of the test in Adelaide, George and I think George said, you're going to be a good, really good chance to play in Melbourne. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. Um, so I get to Melbourne, family had to come into the bubble by doing all these COVID tests and stuff like that. So they finally got into the bubble and could stay at the hotel. And I reckon I, so Christmas Eve was our main training session. I reckon I bowled the worst I bowled in a net session for five years. Because of what was potentially ahead or you just wasn't your day? No, it just wasn't my day. Like I wasn't, I still was hoping to play but wasn't thinking about that. But then I sort of walked away going, oh, I'm not going to play after that. And is bowling bad in the nets when you're bowling to Smith and Labuschagne and Head? Is that just not bowling well in your mind or is that getting smacked? Uh, it's not bowling well in my mind, but I wasn't even in bowling in the, the first two main groups. I was bowling in the oh. last group to would have been whoever the spare batter was right. and the bowlers. Okay. And I was, yeah. So like the rest of your career, you're still a fair way back here. Yeah, I've, I'm like, oh, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to play. Like you're I'd, done again. I told Dad earlier in the, like, days before, I'm like, I think I'm a chance to play. And then I texted him after that. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to play. And then? So it was like, oh, I might have been four or five hours after the training that night. So still Christmas Eve? Yep, Christmas Eve. We're staying at the team hotel in Melbourne. Um, Tony Dodder made sent me a message saying, can we meet downstairs? And I was like, yep, I'll come down now. And I was like, oh, stood to death as I was walking out. I'm still not sure if I'll play, but see how we go. I, they might just be calling everyone. So I go down there and he's like, so I've known him for a while because he was CEO at Crew Victoria, yeah. but he's not like outgoingly, well, he doesn't show much emotion. So it's you without much emotion and yeah. Tony without much emotion for what is potentially going to be an emotional moment. Yeah, so it was a slow start to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he just sort of said, he's like, 
well, without too much emotion, he's like, you're going to play. And I was like, I'm playing. He's like, yep. He like shook my hand, spoke for a few minutes. And I was like, oh shit, how good's that? Wow. So I yeah, walk, go upstairs. I was like over the moon, excited. Told my wife who was daft, who was, she was over the moon. Then the kids, uh, three and a half and one and a half at this stage, so they got no idea. No so idea. me and Daff are laughing and hugging and the kids are just like, what is going on? Like, I told them I'm playing, but obviously they don't care. They did don't know what it is. Did you ring your dad? Yeah, rang dad straight away. Um, how was that? Yeah, he was, yeah, over the moon. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a nice few minutes. And then I think the next morning, Pat announced that I was going to play and my phone went nuts. Did it? Yeah, so like, yeah, family, friends, people I've, haven't connected with for years. Yeah, just it didn't stop. How many ticket calls did you get? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I reckon I was already up for a few, being a Melbourne test, but yeah, it didn't stop once I knew I was going to play. So you're faced with an interesting dilemma here because um, it's Christmas Day and it's Christmas lunch. Yeah. Always the best meal of the year. You're a man, I presume, who likes to spend some time at the, the lunch or the dinner table. Yeah. How do you approach Christmas dinner knowing tomorrow's the day? Yeah. Like, do you just hoe into everything or you just keep the <laughs> reins on it a bit, Scotty? Oh, we, I reckon that Christmas day was a nightmare. because My family were coming into the bubble. Okay. Then we weren't allowed to go have lunch with all the other families. Oh. So there was a group of us of maybe 15, 20 that... We had to have lunch by ourselves. So isolated within the isolation. Yeah. So we didn't we couldn't get ticked off to from the medic whoever was running the okay. COVID stuff to go have lunch with everyone else. So we're waiting around. We end up sitting at in this room at Crown where there was no food there yet. They're like, it's gonna get ticked off soon. The, oh, no. All the tests if these tests come back negative, you're in. And they're like, it'll be an hour. So we're sitting there for hours and they got to the stage where they're there for a few hours, the kids are going nuts. And me and Daff are like, why don't we just go back to the hotel? We can relax. We'll just get some room service. And then, yeah, we can just chill out by ourselves instead of sitting in this room. So, so that was Christmas, that was Christmas room day. service? Yeah. So you wake up. We've detailed your journey from a batsman to a part-time bowler to a bloke that was struggling to playing for Frankston, playing for Victoria, working in a pub, not believing it. What's the, do you sleep the night before? Uh, yeah, I, I slept pretty well, I remember. Um like, and 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 not only that, you're a Victorian, and it's Boxing Day. Yeah, and it's the Ashes. Yeah, so it's it's not going to get any bigger. No, in your career than that that first day, is it really? No, it was. Yeah, I reckon as soon as I woke up, I was sweaty, nervous, probably hardly spoke at breakfast with um, the family. But yeah, obviously, Daph knows when I'm nervous and stuff, but she just, yeah, wish me luck. We got to the ground. Um, so my only Daff and the kids could come on the ground for my the hat presentation. Yep. So Josh Hazelwood presented my hat. This was a great moment this morning too, Gil. It was indeed Josh Hazelwood who's uh, missed the last test match and, and remains out at the moment. Hazelwood, he presented the cap. He did not take it off during warm-up. An- another bloke that's not overly talkative. Yeah, it was nice getting my hat from him. He's... Even though he's younger than me, but he's played obviously played a lot of cricket for Australia. I've yeah, my last probably four or five years, I've still I've always looked up to him, even though he's younger than me, um, as a bowler that I yeah want to try and replicate. So it was nice to put in some I don't know I guess some hard yards in the nets and still learn, like learn stuff off him, and then he's able to give me my hat. Do you reckon they've gone like they've gone the quiet chaps with the quiet chaps like they've got 
dot I made to tell you. <laughs> they've got Hazelwood to hand it over. They've got similar style of emotional customers, I reckon, they Scotty. Have, yeah. <laughs> they didn't want anyone to get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> National anthem. So it's packed. We're, we're out of COVID. Uh, I, I can remember it being badged in some ways as, you know, the Melbourne coming out. You know, there was still COVID floating around, but we could go to the cricket again. Yeah. There's test matches, and then there is Boxing Day test matches. A mention for Scott Boland, comes the fourth Indigenous test creator for Australia. What a proud moment. They get the opportunity to use a brand new ball on this green pitch on Boxing Day. So the national anthem, which is always my favourite part of Boxing Day, What are you taking anything in or are you just thinking, they've had the toss at that stage, haven't they? Yeah, we'll won the toss and bowled. Yeah, so you know you're not far away now. Yeah. <laughs> so are you wanting them to win the toss and bat or bowl? No, I wanted to bowl. You want us to get out of the way? Yeah, I just wanted to get into get into some action. Right, so how are you taking in the anthem and the size of the crowd and the event and the occasion? Yeah, I was probably thinking like this could be my only chance to play in a test at the G. Yep. Um, so I wanted to try and take everything in. Had guys like Nathan Lyon who played in probably played in ten Boxing Day tests. Yep. So just tell me to soak it up, and then knowing that we're going to start bowling soon, I was yeah my nerves started to get to me then. And then when you so how does how does um, Paddy like you know age old cricket? You look across at the captain, he starts rolling his shoulders to you. You know yeah. that you're on. Is is that what happens at Test cricket? Yeah, pretty much. Like right. he's he's bowling at the time, so he's like warm up, you're on the next over. And I was like, righto. So I yeah, sort of went through my warm-up routine. I remember getting the ball at the top of my mark uh, and I always sort of do a run-through. Yep. So I ran through, got the ball back, um, and then they yeah, announced that I was bowling and the crowd's gone nuts. And What's a Victorian? The MCG? Yeah. It's Warnie, it's Merv, it's Rifle, it's Siddle, yeah. it's Boland. Yeah, and also I've had... Nath Lyon come past and say, good luck. Hopefully you can join the um, wicket on your first ball club. <laughs> which he had, got when he got to Sankara. Yeah. And then I had Dave Warner come past going, don't shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was almost comforting that he, he did say that. <laughs> and, and so your first crack at test cricket bowling, um, one for 48 off 13. How did you view it? So like, like we've heard about the ticks and the crosses. Like, yeah. how many ticks are you getting in that thirteen overs? Do you reckon what percentage uh, of ticks? Probably a lower percentage. Okay. Um, Why? Because it just wasn't your day because of the size of the event. Yeah, I was nervous. Dillingham captain with three slips in the gully in place down the leg side and Root times it beautifully away back with a square. There's some positivity for the tourist and it gets away over the wet outfield to the rope. Squeezed away through the gully. Milan gets off the mark on his 18th delivery with a boundary. Two for 29. It's through the gap where third slip would have been and finds the rope. Um, I remember I reckon I bowled six, six to eight overs in the first spell. And I remember walking off down the race at the G at lunch and I was like so relieved to get off the ground. Like oh, it was funny, like all I'd wanted to do for my the last 10, 15 years was play test cricket and then I was like, geez, I just want to get off. Huh. I need to go sit down and just sort of recoup and then sort of you know, got inside. Um, Andrew McDonald was the assistant coach at the time so I've done a fair bit of work with him at Victoria and he just sort of said, like, you, I feel like you're bowling a bit safe. Like, don't just try and put the ball in a good spot. Like, back your skills that you know you're going to put it there. Be brave and just sort of let it all go. 
and I reckon I've probably taken that message from that day to every game I play into now that I know my skills are good enough. I've prepared the way I've wanted to prepare. And if I, if I run in and, and do what I need to do, the ball's going to go around where I want it to go and where I need it to go. First test wicket? Mark Wood, LBW. Did he review? Yeah. Boland, is it his first test wicket? It is his first test wicket! Or is it his first test wicket? <laughs> Okay, I've got I've got impact just being pad first there on those angles. Uh, impact is in line and it's hitting the wickets. I'll be going back to Paul on the field. Paul, impact in line, hitting the wickets. You're on camera now. Stay with your decision. So, do, do you think you've got him? I thought I had him. Yeah, I reckon he, I reckon he might, might have thought that it hit him outside the line, but I, I knew it hit him and then his knee moved. So I was confident. But so, what's that process like, Scotty? It's 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 the first hundred or the first test wicket that you've ever dreamed about. Yeah. You get it and you celebrate it and the boys rub your hair like crazy. Yeah. And then you see the batsman and it's like, oh, like what is that process like as a as a modern cricketer? Even though I still thought it was there, I was like, something could happen here. Like, could bowl no ball or So when he reviews it, you're like, oh no. Yeah, I was like, oh no, this couldn't be not out. I might I still <laughs> might not get a wicket. Um And yeah, I, I can Paul Rifle was the umpire, so he yeah, gave it out and then I reckon I spoke to him I made a gesture to him, like, was I over the line? Like, no ball. He's like, no, nah, definitely not no ball. So I was like, right, this should be fine. And then the guys behind the stumps are always have their opinion about what they think. And I, yes, I remember Smith being like, no, nah, it's hit him in line. It's going to be fine. It's, gonna, it's not going to go over. And the feeling, what are your feelings when, you know, stick with the original decision, Paul, yeah. you're on camera, away you go. What, what does it mean to you for the journey you've come on? Two months prior to that, I wouldn't have, I didn't think I was going to play test cricket. So, yeah, I was, yeah, over the moon. And, yeah, to do it out at the G and have my family and friends there was, yeah, it was so cool. At this stage, this is going to be the hardest part of the interview for you. Yeah. I'm guaranteeing it. We started doing this a couple of months ago. Um, so we did it with Ryan Fitzgerald, Fitzy, with yeah. his first AFL goal. Yeah. Then we did it with Eddie Betts with some of his goals of the year and his favourite goal. Tommy is now going to wander in yep. with the laptop oh, right and on. you are going to go in detail yep. as you have never done before <laughs> about what happened in the second inning, Scotty, which which will go down in the history of Australian cricket. So I haven't been privileged enough to call Test Cricket for a great period of time, five years now. And the singly the best thing I've ever seen due to your local you're unknown in a lot of people's eyes. There's a big crowd. It's England. It's the Ashes. It's before we start looking at it. Could you believe what was happening? No, couldn't believe it. Still can't. Still can't. Yeah. Let's go through it, Scotty. So it's it's late in the day when you get your opportunity. Yeah. England two for twenty two. Scotty Boland comes in. He's bowling to Hamid, who had had problems the way he was holding the bat. There's the keeper and three slips. Uh, roots up the other end. Boland, uh, none for none from two deliveries. How are things looking at this stage? I was much more relaxed second dig, and I think knowing that I was only going to bowl two, I was hoping to get two overs out that night. Yep. I remember being at fine leg for the early early on, Stark was on a hat trick, and I was like, geez, I've never been, like, this crowd is so loud for the hat trick ball. I remember it was unbelievable. Oh, it's a perfect delivery. It was the perfect delivery 
And maybe, maybe only a player of the class of Joe Root could miss it. <laughs> Amazing start here. Great scenes for Australia. Two for seven. And then I came on, got a similar roar. What have you done to her mead? Nipped away from her a little bit, uh, but it was a really fine nick straight to the keeper. Jaffer from the big Victorian. He came steaming in from the great southern stand and he got the outside edge. So that's one for you're pumped. Yeah. Show a bit of emotion. Yeah. Crowd's starting to get up and about. Like it's late in the day. They've probably had a few frosty ones. <laughs> Boys are rubbing your head. <laughs> and then old Jack Leach comes out as the night watchy. Yeah. Now there's four slips. There's short leg. And to be fair, Jack Leach is batting. Two stumps outside leg stump at this point. Yeah. So I remember the f- as I was running in before the first ball, I hadn't looked up until a bit later in my run-up, and I was like, I can see all the stumps here. Well, that's my, the first thing I've seen yeah. there. <laughs> and then first ball I bowled to him, I went straight at the stumps, and I only late blocked it, and I bounced over the stumps. And then? And then this ball. So you've gone dot, dot, wicket, dot. Yeah. And then this next ball, I was thinking the same thing, just trying to bowl it around off stump. Either try and get him LB, caught behind, bowled. Bowling again. Look at that cordon behind him. Bowled him! Bowling's on fire at the G in England. They are crashing down. Wow. Wow. Four for 22. As you called it, Howie. Good call. Big Scotty bowling. Puffing that chest out. He is steaming in from the great southern end. He's just... Knocked the night watchman's castle over and England in all sorts of trouble at four for 22. Doesn't play a shot. And he's left it, yeah. He said, there's a big hand in the air. <laughs> there's a bit of emotion from our man. Crowd in the background. Like blokes with, it's like the 1980s. There's blokes with their shirts off. They're jumping around <laughs> in the crowd. You've got two. Yeah, so I've gone down to um, fine leg. Yeah. So Root would have been on strike. I remember... So I've finished that over and I'm like looking up at the how much time was left and I was going, geez, I really hope I get another over. Well, you've got uh, two for none. Yeah. Off, so I was off like, one over at this point. Yeah, I was pretty keen to keep bowling. Right. And knowing that the time was touch and go and then Ben Stokes took the longest time yes. to get down the steps yeah. at the G and Clever walk out the ground. Yeah, so he, he played it well, like as all batters you would hope would do that when you're on their side. But I was yeah, hoping to try and get another over, but. <clears throat> yeah, I was down at fine leg and the crowd were going nuts. Yeah. Tell me about going nuts. Chanting my name, just yelling, like so much support for me. Um, yeah, probably wasn't used to it. So you go off at that stage and like you're a professional cricket team. There's, you know, I guess you have a debrief, but but is Paddy and Starkey and all the, are they getting around you and saying, Scotty, well done. Like, how does it work, or is it just that's your job? Well done. Uh, no, they were, yeah. I remember guy, like, walking off the ground, guys are, yeah, pretty happy with how we're going. We got, got England four for 20. Yep. Um, yeah, everyone was pumped for, felt like everyone was pumped for me. And then, yeah, getting off the ground, the support staff, same same thing. Like, coaches are happy, or well, everyone's happy when you got a team four for 20. But, yeah, the, yeah, speaking of like um, Ronnie and JL and Dodders. Yeah, they were all really happy with how I was going. I was sort of sitting in my little spot in the rooms at the G and um, I remember Tony Dodder made come over and was like, 
I think he got six for on debut as well. He did, yeah. And Martin made it 52. Yeah, yeah he probably did. And um, he sort of said, if you beat my figures, I'll buy you a bottle of wine. <laughs> Some emotion finally. <laughs> um, on my my memories, um, and, you know, you're going to hear my voice all over it, which um, I'm apologising for that, but it was good fun. So that night it was Warney and Vaughny. Yeah, and Warney's the proudest Victorian that's ever been. Yeah, like he's claimed you. He's seen the photo. He's yeah. like, I taught this bloke <laughs> everything he knows. Jumping around, Vaughny has got his head in his hands because he's going to four for twenty two. Yeah, so we come back the next morning where the 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 legend of Scotty Boland goes to a whole nother level. Next morning, you've now got two for five off one point four. You've been a touch expensive. You've gone one dot three dot. You're bowling to. Bearstow roots up the other end. What what's your general thoughts about bowling to Jenny Bearstow? Who who can even at you know five for sixty? This is a man that can just go whack whack whack. Yeah, I was probably thinking. Oh, hopefully, just get into my spell. Hopefully, it feels as good as it did the night before. Sort of, a, it's a different day, so you never sort of know how the ball's going to come out in your first over. Um, but I think yeah, the back end of the first innings and then the first over, the second innings gave me some confidence to to run in pretty hard. Running in, Besto. Looks plumb to me. <laughs> Big appeal. Beats him again. But he's given him. Bowling continuing on from last night's heroics. Scotty Bowling. So now you've got three for five. Yeah. I reckon that morning Stokes played a couple on drives off Starkey and I was at fine leg thinking, oh, maybe the wicket's flattened out a bit. Um, could be a long day. Could be a long day. Like Stokes and Ruder in, Bairstow's in next. Yeah, we could be in for, And then they got Butler as well. So, yeah, we could be in for a long day. But, yeah, it wasn't to be for them. So I'm upstairs at this stage and I'm privileged to be back in there that morning. I'm next to Vaughny and M.E.K. Hussey at this stage in commentary who makes one of the great comments I've ever heard, which we'll get to. So Bairstow's gone then. Slip cordon is waiting. Yeah. Roots on strike. So he's on 28. He, he's the one that can somehow hold it together. How are you bowling to the England captain? I remember because I was I was feeling good. I probably was thinking about trying to swing the ball out, which is not, I know, not my stock ball, but balls come out nicely. I thought I'll give it a crack. So, I'd, yeah, switch the ball around. Um, and I don't know if it swung. Maybe it straightened. But oh, it swung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that swung. But, it's funny. Yeah. funny. Warney said Starkey's one that knocked out with a leg stump. The first ball, the Asher didn't swing and it swung to That's the foot. Swung, but because yeah. you're a Victorian, he's like, Scotty's hooping it. <laughs> That's swung it. Yeah. All around the place. So it's hooping. Catch is taken by Davey. Edge taken. Bowling. Unbelievable. Knocks over. The England skipper, Scotty Bowling, is living out his dreams at the MCG. You've got four for five now. England's seven for 61. You've got four for five off 2.4. Um, and and I, I can remember thinking, just take spider cam, take spider cam as he's walking back down to Bay 13, the old Bay 13. How, how are you feeling at this stage? you got four for five. Yeah, I do remember going down to Bay 13 and they were going nuts. <laughs> the smallest of thumbs up from the hometown hero. Well, there's times in your life that you just uh, probably don't realise at the time it won't ever get any better. Nathan Lyon again would come up to me as I was running down the fine leg and be like, just be like, just embrace it. Like, 
you're probably not going to wave and carry on to the crowd, but <laughs> just try and soak it all in because he's like, this is awesome. We're about to win a Nasher series. Yeah, you, you weren't running down there giving it the double cobras by any stretch of fair to say, Scotty. Okay, we progress. And now you're bowling to Mark Wood, your first test wicket. Yep. Three slips. You've already knocked Woody over once. Yep. And he's hit it straight back to you. To Mark Wood, who's a fighter. It's not a dream, Howie. It's actually happened. Unbelievable scenes here. Wasn't an easy snag. No, nah, he middled it. Like, Look at his head dropped here on the screen. Yeah, oh, Woody, can't it. believe it. Oh, Woody. The nicest man you could meet, by the way. Yes. Clearly it was my day. He hit it out in the middle of the bat. Just stuck straight in my hands. Yeah, I threw the ball over my shoulder and went to celebrate with everyone because we had him eight for 60. So you've got five for five of 3.1 and, and Vaughny starts talking about you in commentary and how almost reluctant you were to hold the ball in the air. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Uh, so at batsman score 100, they hold the bat up. Yeah. Been a great thing. McGrath, et cetera, hold the ball up when you've got five for. Yeah. 32 years of age, two weeks ago, I don't know, four or five days ago, did he think he'd play for Australia, get the baggy green on? Probably not. Well, he's got the baggy green on. He's now five for five at the G, and they're all on the feet for him. You can see there, he doesn't even want to raise the ball. He's a bit shy. Get it up high. Wave it around. How, how are you feeling about doing that? Yeah, oh, I was probably feeling a bit embarrassed. At... Well, but what are you embarrassed about, man? You've got five for five or 3.1 overs. I know. I, just, I think it just, it all just happened so fast. Like, this has happened over three and a half overs. Yeah. That I didn't really... Yeah, I just couldn't believe what was happening to me. I don't know. I think if I took five for 50 and I was off 20 overs where I felt like I worked really hard to... Well, five for five off 3.2 wasn't, wasn't no, the level of I'm, commitment. I'm happy with that. But right. I think if it was a bit more five for 50, bowled 20 overs and <laughs> I sort of felt a bit more comfortable, but okay. five for in three overs is like these things don't happen <laughs> and I just still couldn't believe it. Then Robinson comes out. Uh, you've taken a wicket, which we just heard. First ball, second ball's a dot. Uh, Robinson, what have you, what have you given old Ollie? Uh, oh, I don't know the ball was sort of... Uh, How many times have you watched his bat? A few. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I get sent it all the time. when it If it pops up on social media and one of my mates has watched it, they always flick it Good flick on it your mates. So. <laughs> so what have you got for Ollie? Might have been a little leg cutter. Just a ball on a good length. He tried to defend it, nicked it straight to third slip. So, the takes a nice catch. So at, at this stage, um, we're, we're just losing it. England are 9 for 65. Yeah. Warney's in the back of the box losing it, not just that Australia's winning the Ashes, but the test wrapping up early. Yeah. He's home. He knows he's got functions to get to yeah. that night. Two and a half days. It's Two and a half days. There, there's a tremendous amount of excitement. Um, so, mate, you've got... Six for five at this stage off 3.3 overs. You're about to win the Ashes. Yeah. Have you, have you taken figures like that in under 10s or 12s or anything? Maybe in under 12s. Maybe in under 12s. Yeah, so, nothing's so, insane. Can you conceive what's happening? No, I, yeah, still couldn't believe it. That was probably the only time I thought 
I remember walking down, I might have had three or four balls left in that over. I was like, oh, I could get seven for you. Like, that was probably the only time I thought ahead of <laughs> Still wanted I, another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, even, yeah, that final, uh, so it was left hand, right hand in when Greeny was bowling um, from the other end. So I went, I was going from fine leg on one side to fine leg on the other and the crowd were going nuts both sides. So I was like, started to try and enjoy it a bit. But then I was thinking, oh, I might be able to get another wicket here. That was probably the only time I sort of thought ahead. And then Greeny clean bowled Jimmy Anderson. And that was it. And you won the Ashes. Back to Scotty shortly. We have been blessed to feature so many wonderful cricketers on this podcast over the last six or seven years. And I am going to declare it. The funniest story I've ever heard on the podcast was told by Justin Langer back on episode 53 when JL unwisely, as it turned out, got into an eating contest with Englishman Mike Gatting. So we get to tea and then we get upstairs in the change room and we're having the Branston pickle and cheese sandwiches, another couple of mugs of tea, we're having a donut, we're having the fruit cake. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me snorting now. literally, I'm not joking. I cannot believe it. I'm like crying. You know when you start seeing those comedy, but they start eating so they start crying. <laughs> I felt like I was going to burst right. And then we get, we finish the, <laughs> the last session. Mate, it gets better. Brian Lara, 274. <laughs> <laughs> You've been chasing leather Brian Lara, all I'm trying to chase leather. Brian Lara, 274. And then we're going to go out for dinner that night. <laughs> and we went to the Italian restaurant <laughs> in St John's Wood High Road, right? And we have a bottle and I'm the young green Aussie. And he goes, oh, we have some red. We have a bottle of, and I, I thought it was Rioja, but it's actually called Rioca, but I'm calling it Rioja, right? <laughs> so they think, to this day, every time I see them, they go, oh, you want a bottle of a glass of Rioja, do you? I go, oh, yeah, no. They think I'm a dopey Aussie. And then we're having the, oh, mate, we're having the the white bait and the squid, the calamari. <laughs> then we're having the lasagna. We're having the, oh, mate. And then we have the tiramisu. It's not just... <laughs> that... Is Justin Langer back on episode 53 of the show. Fantastic episode for mine, that one. Let's get back to Scotty. Scotty, I've got a couple of young kids um, and those that are most invested love to ask a question of the guest. Yes. So I, I know generously you've listened to some of the podcasts, so you know what's coming your way, but um, my young bloke's obsessed with cricket. Um, they just do these, especially him now, he just does what he wants to do. <laughs> and when he first started... He was like you. So he was three, but he's very quiet, very shy. Now, as you'll hear, he's really let himself go in the questioning department. So this is Mako, the big penguin, to you, Scotty. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, big penguin here. Six for seven. They are crazy stats. No one, not even in my under-13s team, has got that. (laughs) Let alone in the Boxing Day test match. Anyway, Scotty Bowen... Got six for seven at the G. Build the man a statue. <laughs> How that crazy commentator? Who is that guy? Mm. Build the man a statue. How many people have said that to you, Scotty? Build the man a statue. <laughs> How many times you heard it? Oh, thousands, I reckon. 
Um, like on the street? Like, what, yeah. what, what happens? In the street. Um, I remember even in India, we're walking up the stairs in Admenabad Stadium's 130, 130,000 seats. Yep. There's one Australian guy in this crowd of Indian supporters and he screams out, build the man a statue. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, very frequent. Even on social media, I get messages and notes and stuff all the time of build the man a statue and people sending through voice notes of, yeah, them commentating, so. And, the, like, the the shipmates did it and I, I think that, that took it to a whole other level. So yeah. people send you messages of them commentating that line, do they? Yeah, they'll just say, like, build a man a statue. <laughs> like, or they'll, yeah, they'll write it in a message, <laughs> things like that. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very hard to talk about this, which without being self-indulgent because obviously I was in commentary at the time and I was yeah. really fortunate that I was there for all six wickets. The, yeah. the bit that gets me is Hussey when he's like, he is Mr. Analytical. He's he's a passionate man, but he's understated. And I can still remember him looking at me and Vaughan and saying, what is happening here, Howie? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening here, Howie? We, we couldn't conceive what was going on, but Scotty, I, I haven't... Um, I always wanted to tell you this story. I've never had the chance. So we, we stay up the road up near the Hilton, as you do, and then walk down through the MCG Parklands to get to the match each morning. Yeah. And you obviously, you walk around the MCG concourse. And um, I was a little bit early, which was unusual for me. And I sort of did a lap of the MCG before walking in there. You know, Melbourne boy, your home ground, you, you know, you're, you're working at the test match. It's, 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 really, really cool. Um, you're sitting next to these legends of the game and you walk around and there's there's the Lee Matthews statue and then you go past Warney's statue. And I remember walking in there thinking to myself that morning, I wonder of the current Australian test team, if they will ever put a statue yeah. outside the MCG of any of these guys. And if so, who would it be? And the one that came into my head was Steve Smith mm. because of the standard of cricket he's played. Yeah. Not a Victorian, but so it was rumbling around the back of my head and that's my only explanation as yeah. to why <laughs> it came out at the time. And it was one of those things when you say it and you go two minutes later and you think, oh, no, what have I said here? And then rightly or wrongly at some stage you look on social media and you think, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay, it's resonated. People are happy with yeah, it. People are happy with it. It's not a bloody disaster. Um, and I, I, I can only think that's why it was in my head. So for you to tell me there's blokes in Armdabad, where I was a couple of weeks ago yelling it out to you, yeah. um, it's it, it um, it's cool. Yeah. I reckon first time I heard it was we were in the rooms after the game, having a beer. Um, Travis Head was sitting next to me and he's like, you got to listen to this right. audio. Right. So we, we watched watch the wickets and he's like, this is the bit and it comes up and yeah, and that was the first time I heard it was in the rooms. <laughs> since then I've heard it a million times I reckon. <laughs> well, that's good. Boland's got six at the G. Build the man a statue. Um, we talked about your, your, your finding through your, your background, your heritage and then going on that Indigenous tour. Um, that, that famous tour that first happened, um, the first Australian sporting team to tour overseas, Johnny Muller was the all-rounder, the standout player. You would know him more about me. And in recent times, they've coined a medal for the player of the test match, um, which you were handed. 
So we've heard your whole backstory now, not just your heritage, but where you've come from. You've taken six for seven, your life's never going to be the same, and then you're presented with that medal. Is that is that? And you've won the Ashes. Like, yeah. like, how much joy can one man have? What, what, yeah. did, what, what did that medal mean to you in your journey, in your heritage, in your performance, where you'd come from, where you were heading? Yeah, I was like, yeah, definitely a lot to take in in two hours of cricket. Yeah. So Belinda presented the medal, so I'd, I've known her for a while, and yeah, with the COVID restrictions, like she, all she wanted to do was give me a, a big hug and say well done, but she sort of had to give the medal from a bit of a distance. So I was a bit of a Disappointment, but um, yeah, pretty special to be for even one to win the man of the match on my first game. But to yeah, for it to be named after Johnny Muller after the 1868 tour when we yeah were able to retrace their footsteps five years earlier. Um, yeah, it was pretty special. It's crazy, really, isn't it? If you think about it. Yeah, I was lucky to have my family, so they couldn't come onto the ground with the COVID restrictions, but they were. Standing pretty close when I got presented the medal. Where was your wife when it was happening? Uh, so she was over, she didn't make it to the ground. She was over in, um, I think it's Fitzroy Gardens with right. the kids just playing. So she didn't see it? She didn't see she it. Did she have any idea? Uh, she did. When uh, her phone blows up, I Yeah, guess. her phone blew up and she's like, oh, I better get moving. So Was your dad there? No, dad didn't make it. He was um, he was working that morning and- What's he do, your dad? So he just owned, he's owned a driver, so he drives a truck. Right. So he was like, I'll work in the morning- the game will go all day, might even go day four. I'll come in in the afternoon and and because um, he was there days one, definitely day one. Have you spoken to him, like was he listening on the radio? Yeah, so he was listening to the radio and he was- um, He'd have been all over the Triple M call, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. What's your dad's name? Mick. Yeah, Mick's a drive in the truck. He's yeah. a Triple M man for yeah, sure. Yeah. So he's, I got off a train and he's walking to the G and so he's listening to it on his phone and then I think there was another wicket went and he's like, geez, just hold on till I get there. <laughs> Stop taking pole, yeah. son. <laughs> and then so he's walked in about 10 minutes after or five, five, 10 minutes after the game's finished. So he's sort of come in and then so I'm talking to mum, dad, my family, brother and sister were there. And then so my brother's getting a microphone shoved in his face going, <laughs> do an interview and dad's getting the same thing. He and got on like, a media oh, street, yeah. the bowling boys. <laughs> <laughs> so very foreign for them. What, what are you computing about what's going on or is it you just can't? Oh, you can't really, but I, I think the most, almost the most memorable part of the day was after the game we had, so all the families and friends were allowed to come onto the ground at the G and kids, there would have been 50 kids there and we're playing cricket and having a beer hmm. just like having an arvo on the G. They, they took the, put the stumps in, left the stumps in the middle wicket, the kids are running out on the ground and playing on the centre wicket. I've got a, yeah. Pictures of my my two girls like picking the stumps out of the the center of the G. Yeah, I think that was probably the. Apart from the creek, that was the most special part of the the whole tour. And as you walk out of the MCG that night, or get a lift out of the MCG, I don't I don't know how you get out of the MCG <laughs> at this point. Um, there's still a lot of cricket to be played, um, and I'll touch on that briefly. But that one performance. But it's not really one performance. It's fifteen years of work. Yeah, it's a it's a massive field of work. It's a it's a it's an iceberg where we as sports fans only see the very tip, which is the six for seven. How has life, your recognition, how's things changed away from cricket after becoming a Test cricketer and launching it like no bowler we've ever seen? The last eighteen months to two years, my life's completely changed. Like from getting recognised 
oh, almost daily down the street or anywhere I go. I go to the footy, talking to people all the time, which usually I could just sort of go to the footy and sneak by, have a beer, and yeah. no one ever knows. But Or you, you get the odd cricket nuff, you would sort of know that, oh, that's the opening ball from Victoria. But <laughs> What's that bloke's name again? <laughs> yeah, but now it's yeah pretty regular, even going to like kids' parties and going, taking the girls to kinder and... Um, the dad, other dads are like, oh, yeah, pump for the ashes and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's definitely changed. And yeah, I've, I don't know. I've been lucky that, yeah. I don't, know how many, I don't know how many people would say they would never change their debut game, but yeah. I definitely would never change it. And how, how have you dealt with that increased attention when you're a low key character? I don't know. I sort of just get on with it. Like, yep. I'm happy to speak to people and I'll, you know, I'm always going to be polite to to people who want to talk about cricket because I love talking cricket as well. But, yeah, that, the, probably the only time I find it difficult is when I'm with the, my two kids and I'm yep. walking along and they don't understand what's going on and I'm stopping talking to some bloke down the street <laughs> and they're like, come on, Dad, we're going to the park. Or, <laughs> so that, they probably find it hard and they're like, why do they want to take pictures of us? Like, stuff like that. Did you just go into the next test match at the SCG thinking, right, I don't need to do anything differently? Because y- you think from that, Scotty Bowling goes down as a footnote, then he gets one for seven at the SCG, gets an injury, we never hear from him again. But that's not the story that you've written. Um, December 66 at the SCG across the test matches. Bowling! Bowling gets his first one at the SCG. 4 for 51 um, in Hobart. Chipped away, out. Cummins takes the catch. Bowling has another. Uh, and then you do a great job against the West Indies. You had that spell where you took three and over. Oh, another edge. Taken. Great catch. Oh, Bowling's got three for. What a five minutes of cricket for Australia. How have you stayed true to yourself and not just become the trivia question? Who was the bloke that took six for seven on his debut test and never played for Australia again? That's probably what I thought the week after that I was going. I was only going to play the one test. Yeah. Um, even a couple of days before the game at the SCG, I still wasn't sure. I think if Hazelwood got through, they would have picked him. I'd be pissed if I got six for seven and then got dropped. Yeah. like I understand yeah, it. I understand the pecking order, so yep. Yep. I'm happy with they stick to that because that's, yeah, that's how selection should be, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I think... My the preparation and over the last the way I've prepared over the last few years have sort of allowed me to keep doing what I've done. Um, I'd say almost consistently, but yeah, I, I go into the no matter how I'm bowling. If I have a bad day in the nets or if I have a good day in a in a game or whatever, I'm still preparing exactly the same way. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to be too emotional on how I feel like I'm going. Um, and yeah, I think having guys in the team that you can trust and speak to about bowling all the time, well, for me, it makes me feel comfortable and, yeah, going forward, hopefully it's the same. Just one more specific question for you before we wrap up, and you've done the hour and a half easy. You didn't need to wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> We've got a, we can do Joe Rogan. We can pump out three hours. How are you feeling? Oh, uh, not Joe Rogan, but... <laughs> okay, okay. We well, might not have three hours in us. Um, like I said, you did really well against the West Indies, you, against South Africa as well. Then all of a sudden you, you're in India, um, in theory a fast bowler's graveyard. You play the test match where we make 51 in the second innings. Yeah. What's it like at elite level? So we've just talking about the highest of high. Um, 
What's it like at the elite level when you're sitting in the change rooms and the test team is getting bowled out for 51 and batsmen after batsmen are walking in? We, we've seen a little bit of it through the Amazon Amazing Test Series, um, the test. What's it like when you're playing for your country and the wheels are falling off in a spectacular fashion? It's hard and India are a team in India that if they get on a roll, like you've seen, we've seen it so many times on TV watching other nations play over there that if they get on a roll they're so hard to stop and we knew that going into the series that we didn't want them to we didn't want to try and give them back-to-back wickets if possible yeah and yeah even in the first things we're going all right we might have been two for 90 and then i think manus and smith get out within about five overs and we sort of fall over there in the it's first like, it's like you're putting the kids to bed and you come back out it's done and it's like i hope smithy's still batting oh we're eight for yeah it happens that fast yeah and yeah it's they're conditions we never seen before. We, I think the preparation leading up to that tour was almost perfect. Like we had conditions in Sydney that were like yeah. very spinny. We had a 10-day prep um, where the, the nets and the centre wickets we had over there were perfect. We had net bowlers, like young Indian net bowlers who were very good spinners. But, yeah, once you get into a proper game facing Ashwin Jadeja, it's totally different. And so when the batsmen are coming in, like when Bowen Heads is collapsing like that in C grade, <laughs> blokes coming and throwing their bats and thigh pads, and we saw a bit of that in the test. Is it like, do you, do you say hard luck or do you just not look anyone in the eye and just sit in your corner? No, oh, I'm happy just to sit there. And, right. Yeah. Guys going to get frustration out the way they way they need to. So, yeah, some guys are frustrated and um, swear or talk to themselves or whatever it is. Some get a bit angry out. Some of them go, sometimes go for a run straight after, stuff like that. So I'm already sitting there nervous because I know I'm going to have to bat soon. But <laughs> and you see Ashwin and Jadeja yeah. turning it around corners. Oh, when they're ripping and passing out batter's bats, <laughs> oh, I'm always sitting there thinking, what hope have I got? <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, congratulations on your selection in the Ashes squad. Again, from, you know, we've got Stark, we've got Hazelwood, we've got Cummins, we've got you. Ness has been going unbelievably in, in in county cricket. If if I look at what you do as a bowler, it's perfectly suited to English conditions and the Duke ball. Um, it's being played earlier in the summer. Um, they've talked about what type of wickets they're going to prepare. How do you go into the series? Do you go in hoping you'll play, wanting to play, not knowing? Like how do you go into it? Because you're uh, still not. Yeah, all those. Yeah, okay. Like, I think I'm going to play at some stage, but right. I, you can't prepare for when you're going to play. So my last three weeks have been um, getting my body right, bowling bowling enough balls to make sure I'm ready to go, but also thinking um, or hoping and thinking I'm going to play the first test because um, once you get over there, you never know what could happen to anyone. Like, people could get, could get a little niggle the day before, yeah. so I need to be prepared to play every game and um, hopefully I do play and if I don't, then I'll be ready to play the next one. Are you excited? Yep. Like just tremendous, like it's it's an Ashes in England. Yeah, like I know growing up the biggest series was the 05 Ashes So, and people have been talking about this one being just as big. Yeah, I can't wait to get over there. I saw Uzi put up yesterday a picture of him in his vest for the World Test Championship. Yeah. Um, what's it like when you when you get all, all the gear? Yeah, so you, we get an email saying order whatever gear you need for the tour. Ordered some and then I didn't know, but we get different gear for the test championship yeah. to the other 
to the ashes test. So I've got, I reckon I've got 20 kilos just worth of career gear to take over there, (laughs) let alone my career gear and golf clubs and luggage. So... (laughs) We'll keep those because mate, Mark Waugh at the SCG gave me, because I'd always told him it was my favourite bit of sporting um, clothing in, in Australia is the long sleeve cable knit that you often wear in the oh, Ashes. Yeah. And he gave me one from uh, an Ashes. And it's, uh, my, uh, with respect to my family and my loved ones, it's the best gift anyone has <laughs> ever given me, Scotty. So order up. Yeah. Order up. <laughs> you put a secondary order in and get some more vests and more jumpers. Yeah. My brother and dad will be very warm in the winter. (laughs) That's great to hear. Um, Just before, I want to ask you about the Big Bash, but what's the perfect next three years for you? Like where does your test – when we sit back in five years and say, Scotty, this was your test career, what do you want it to say? Uh, Oh, hopefully – yeah, hopefully I can play a few more tests. I've got seven now, so I'm hoping to play in as many as I can. I've sort of – told myself not to play county cricket to keep my body nice and fresh. I want to prolong my career as long as I can. Like I'm 34 now, so I still feel like I'm in a really good spot where I can play for another few years. Hopefully I can have an impact in the Ashes and then have another home summer where I can hopefully play another test at the MCG. We talked about the Big Bash. Rarely is the Howie Games a news-breaking platform. Yeah. Rarely. (laughs) But big news. You played for the Stars, then you played for the Hurricanes, then you took some time away. From the Big Bash, you have an official announcement to make live and exclusive here on the Howie Games regarding the Big Bash, Scotty. What's going on? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm happy to be signing with the Melbourne Stars for the next few years. Signed with the Melbourne Stars? Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty happy to be back bowling the MCG. I think, well, one, it suits my bowling, um, having those big square boundaries, but yeah, being able to be home through the Christmas period with family and friends will, yeah be pretty special like I really enjoyed my time time down Hobart they were really like a fa- very very family friendly club um yeah but to be back home at the in the green at the G yeah I, I can't wait Scotty Bond is back in green at the MCG he's deserted the Hurricanes <laughs> <laughs> no he's the Melbourne Stars he started off at the Melbourne Stars um we always finish with this mate um same question my favorite part of the show um it can be a two-word answer it can be a two-minute answer You've achieved tremendous success through hard work and through persistence. For those people listening out there, I often say kids, but it applies to everyone. I'll be, uh, people point it out to me, it applies to everyone that are hoping to achieve success in their lives. What advice would you give from your experiences? Oh, from my experiences, I think probably in any sport or way of life that I like to be really prepared um, for what I'm going to going to do in the next little bit. So I think preparation is, for me, is definitely key. And then you can perform in any way that you need to perform. Well, by having great preparation, you can give yourself the confidence to perform in any facet of life. It's a great description. Um, I don't think I've ever had a guest come in and say they had a sleepless period and <laughs> stressed about coming on the show. What's the experience been like? Is this the longest interview you've ever done? Uh, it would be, but it's been very comfortable. I, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Mate, thanks for coming in. Um, it's, as I said, it, as long as I live, I'll I'll remember what happened at the MCG and I was in a privileged position to watch it. Hey, good luck with the Ashes. Maybe when this goes to air, you might have already knocked over England a couple of times. Who knows? But it's going to be a fantastic series in the summer coming home. Good luck with the Melbourne Stars, mate. Um, and it's been a treat to have someone that's worked so hard to achieve the success on the show. Go well, Scotty. Thank you very much. 
Scotty Boland. May he take many, many, many more wickets. Quiet and humble, but hardworking, determined and reaping the reward for years of effort. I, for one, will never, ever forget those magic two sessions at the MCG. Go back and look at them on YouTube if you have time. It's bonkers. It is bonkers what is going on. Thanks to Scotty for taking a punt and coming on the show and to Cole Hitchcock and Stephanie Ferguson from Cricket Australia for making the episode happen. Thank you. Until next time, with big gun cycling commentator Matt Keenan, the voice of SBS's wonderful cycling coverage, headlined by the Tour de France, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try.